Life's a Mitch. G'day, guys. Welcome back to episode 11 of Life's a Mitch. An uh, interesting thing happened to me today. I've had a, an author from uh, the, from Canada, and uh, she's a sorry, her publicist reached out to me and wants her to promote her book. So, see how we go in the upcoming episodes, and I might be able to start to divulge into the international market, but we'll see. So, last week I spoke to the Tate brothers, Camo and Magoo, and we had a good old laugh and just really talked some shit. Now, and a few weeks ago, you might have remember that Tomo, a member of the Brothers Unite page, someone I can I never met, reached out and had an interesting story to share. And today, we've got another member of the Brothers Unite page, and he's uh, just reached out, just wanted to have a chinwag and pretty much just put his story out there. So, kind sir, can I get you to introduce yourself and what made you want to come on come on the potty? Well, my name's Jamie. Um, you, uh, I got your page from Brothers Unite, and I thought, it might be an interesting way to get my stories that I've had for years to get out on a social platform. Okay, yeah. And you got a, you had a few interesting stories along the way, have you? Yeah, I've travelled, well, I've hitchhiked around Australia twice. Yeah, really? Okay, we'll talk about that yeah. in a sec. So why don't we, so this, this show loosely speaks about like people with interesting stories. We loosely touch on relationships, so... Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and what you're all about, and then we'll talk about, you know, the hitchhiking stories. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, well, I'm 34. I grew up in Bendigo. Yep. Shout um, out. Yeah, shout out to Bendigo. Um, and I'm basically a family man. I've got a son. I've got a missus that, oh, she's she's brought me up from nothing to glory, so I can't praise her enough. Nice. Um, we had our son. We, we weren't meant to have a baby, but it was a miracle. So we're glad we got him when we did. Yeah. Um, basically, yeah. And basically I was, well, I grew up in Bendigo and, but I most, I mostly lived in Melbourne. I see you're Victorian through and through. So what do you mean by you weren't like, was there like some, you don't have to divulge in this if you don't want to, but was there like some sort of like miracle, uh, medical like dramas was there? Like, um, or what made you want to say that? Um, so my missus has got, um, endometriosis oh i'm very sorry to hear that um yeah so she wasn't meant to have kids at all so um it was just a miracle because the doctor said there's a 99 percent chance you won't have kids ever yeah right so, so my understanding of endometriosis is that um the invisible disease that strikes can strike multiple organs um and it's essentially um affects the womb and can affect wonderful women in all, all sorts of weird, wonderful ways. Is that right? Yes, you're spot on. Yep. No, fair enough. I'm very sorry to hear that, man. And you know, here you are several years later and got yourself a cheeky son. So good shit, man. That's awesome to yeah. hear. <laughs> <laughs> now, now um, just for those listening, Jamie and I have never met. Um, so, no. you know, kudos to you for having the stones to come on and speak to a big-headed idiot random. So I appreciate that, man. <laughs> No, you're all good, mate. You're all good. <laughs> <laughs> so I um, so I hear uh, actually, Brooksy, one of the moderators of the Brothers Unite page, best mate. Um, he was he met I he, I he asked me. He said he's coming on next, and I mentioned your name. He's like he's got some interesting travel stories, cheeky bloke. And so okay, can you tell us you hitchhiked around Australia? How old were you? Where'd you start? And where'd you end up? Um, I left when I was I left home when I was fourteen. At fourteen? Uh, wow. Yeah, fourteen. Um. I didn't like home life, so I packed a bag and I started walking. I left from uh, Geelong um, and I started heading east and did I it, just kept walking and walking. 
did it take you a Geelong way? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love a good pun, mate. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I ended up in – I got a ride from a truckie and I ended up in um, just on the other just on the other side of Mount Gambia. Wow. Huh. Yeah. How long was the truck ride? Um, it was about oh, eight hours, nine hours. Yeah, nice. So this young 14-year-old kid just going, screw it, I'm leaving home, and uh, he ends up in Mount Gambia. Then what? Oh, I just – well, I didn't know what to do because I was a bit, you know, how you going? I was like, um, where do I go from here? And then I just saw signs and I just followed it. And then I've I've met a lot of cool people. I've seen a lot of cool places. I've got a lot of cool stories. One one story was I hit the Nullarbor plane at fourteen. When you were this was yeah, it was that this trip? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hit, hit another ball plane and I'm like, all right, one thousand and six hundred and something k's for the next town. I was like, yeah, well, this is going to be great. Um, a car pulls over halfway, well, probably three quarters of the way into the walk. A car pulls over, says hop in, and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, right. hop in. Um, about 500 metres down the road, he reaches down beside his seat, um, and no word of a lie, he pulls out a sawn-off shotgun. Fucking hell. <laughs> points it at my head and said, and said this, is, this is what I do to hitchhikers, and I thought I was a goner, and then I don't know where he was, but a cop come out of the scrub, pulled over the car. I ran to the cop as fast as I could. <laughs> I bet you did. Um, and the cop goes, mate, you're lucky. He's just done two armed robberies in uh, Mount Gambia. I think the only person in the world to be called lucky from an armed robbery, bloody hell. <laughs> I was kind of shaken, but it was, oh, okay. it was. Yeah, I bet you were. But I thought, but after it happened and when I got to the next town, I thought to myself, not many people ha- can say that story and survive. Well, no. I mean, you know, you hear stories of, uh, so this was 20 years ago, so circa, you know, what? Yeah. what's that, 91? Um, yeah. So, you know, in, you often hear, oh, I don't know how often you hear, but stories of English backpackers doing the Nullarbor taken or, you know, like missing yeah. tourists groups and stuff going through, you know, country Queensland or whatever. So, like, yeah, that is, that's quite hectic, um, getting like um, Wolf Creek vibes kind of. Scary kind of big macho yeah. sort of bloke. Yeah, yeah, he was. Oh, he didn't look macho. He he was like he looked kind of geeky actually. Yeah, right. And that's what made me hop in. So I thought, oh, there's, there's there's he couldn't do much if he tried. But then, yeah, when he reached down the side of his seat, that's when I knew something bad was going to happen. Well, now call me an idiot. So, but before we get to the next town, what well, doesn't it seem counterproductive to get someone in the car, then splatter their brains, then they, then like you got to clean all the shit up and put the Take the body back out again. <laughs> Wouldn't you just save yourself the well, hassle? I don't know. Well, that's well, that's what I thought. I thought, why wouldn't you just stop and shoot him and then just drive off? I mean, I, I don't want to be insensitive on towards serial killers, but find another profession, champion. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do with the car, but yeah. Like, oh, maybe with all that money he stole, he could buy himself a new one. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. So... Okay, so what happened after Mount Gambia and the the uh, the near miss? What happened then? Oh, we went. Uh, I went to Perth and I met this really nice Aboriginal bloke. He was top bloke. He bought me lunch, bought me tea, gave me money. He told me a few places on the way that I could stop up through Carnarvon, Broome, um, Geraldton, all those kind of places. Yeah, right. I guess also another another question that. Um, 
people might be thinking is like, you know, so you literally just had the kindness of strangers and you're hitchhiking the whole way. Yeah. Hitchhiking the whole way. Yeah. Okay. And like for money, did you pick up little jobs here and there or how did you get by? Yeah. Like, like I did like, you know, a couple of painting jobs and then I'd stop in a town and ask like mine, my place of asking for jobs in towns was the local servo because they knew everyone. Yeah. Okay. So I would walk in the servo and say, did anyone got jobs going? And they'd say, Oh yeah. You know, Bob, Bob down the road's got a painting job if you want that. And then I'd get like hundred, 200 bucks and then I'd move on to the next town. Simpler times. Yes. It was really good. I, I, I saw a lot of things, met a lot of people, seen a lot of towns that I don't know if people have ever heard of, heard of the towns that I've been to, but drop a few names for few. us that might not be so commonly known. Um, there's Mount, uh, Mount Cockburn. Do you say Mount Cockburn? Yeah. It sounds like an SDI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there's Titty Bong. Titty Bong. Yeah, Titty Bong. Oh, I thought you said Titty Bong. My brain went somewhere else then. Yeah, Titty Bong. T-I-T-T. And do they look at boobs and rip bongs all day? Or Well, I asked the same question and they said, mate, we get that question asked a thousand times here. Like. Oh, fair. But, I was... Yeah, it was, a, and that town's in Victoria. Well, it makes sense. A lot of stoners in Victoria, so it makes sense. Yeah, but yeah, there's a lot of things that, that, that that's happened. Darwin was the best. Oh no, I reckon Cape York was the best place I've ever visited. Bloody hell, you get around. Oh yeah. So, so how long did this first venture last for before you returned home? And like, did your parents <sighs> file missing persons, or what? What's the go? Um, no, my mum and my. My mum and dad didn't really. I I, I don't well, don't mean to sound mean, but they didn't really give a shit. Yeah, right. So I was out and about, and um, when I was when I was in Cape York, I did give my mother a quick ring just to say I was here and I was fine. Um, but yeah, her basic words were, "Well, you did it. You get home by yourself." Yeah, right. Huh. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so yeah, I did right. live on the street for a while and did. Did a few under the tree um, nights, but I wouldn't change it. That life experience—you can't put a, co- a price on it, hey. No, can't. So I've, how long? How long know, did this this first trip last? Sort of. Uh, okay. Lasted three years. Three years? Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah, it lasted three years, and then I did it again um, when I was nineteen. You hitchhiked again? Yeah, hitchhiked again, but then, but this time I got a lot more rides because I wasn't doing that all over again. I was only 19 when I was seen the country. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was I was 19 and I got, got back when I was 21. So it took me a little bit quicker this time. Five years, seeing random places, didn't spend a dime on transport. I tip my hat to you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so uh, like what's a memorable story or someone you met along the way? I met, oh, so I met this lady. Um, if she ever listens to your podcast, I'll give a shout out to Sandra. She's a lovely lady. Um, I met her in Carnarvon, which is 400 k's from Perth. Yep. Um, so I met her down at the beach and she was sitting at the beach and I went and sat next to her and uh, I started chat to her and cut a long story short. I asked, I asked her what was wrong with her and she's like, she's like, son, I have cancer, but um, my last wish was to sit on the seat and watch the waves coming I'm sorry to hear that. and i'm like i'll sit here with you and um, we had a good chat for like three four hours and she went back to the hospital room and um i went to the hospital and i thought i just had a nigging feeling that i had to go to the hospital so i, 
asked for her name and her last name. And um, she got the, I went and seen her and then she finally got the treatment she was after. They were doing, well, back then, they were doing um, experimental treatments with injections. Okay. Yep. And um, about three weeks went by because I stayed in Carnarvon for a while. Um, and I went and seen her again. And yeah, she said that a tumor in her, the tumor in her head was getting smaller. Wow. So I said, I got her phone number and I said, look, I have to be off because I'm traveling. She goes, no, thanks. And then I rang her when I was in Cape York and yeah, she said that the tumor went down to a pea size and she's still alive today. Well, shout outs to, was it Sandra, her name? Yes, Sandra. Yep. Well, to any cancer survivor. Yes. You know, I tip my hat to these as well. Some bravery was shown, some unknowing time, experimental treatment. She's probably got stones that not many of us have. So good on her. <laughs> yeah. She was a really nice lady. And, you, you know, it's those stories that you never get. Like, I, I'm i a bit of a traveler too, but I, you know, I went to England not knowing a thing or anyone or whatever, and I sort of um, just did it on a whim. But, you know, I set yeah. myself up eventually. So I'm going to stay, got a job, and I went up to um, Liverpool in England, sort of like northern England. Yep. And, um, yeah, made a life there for a little while. Um, not knowing when I was going to come down, I lasted, no, I didn't, didn't last 12 months, to be honest. I got scared. I um, was homesick and um, I missed everybody, but you know, as you have, would. oh yeah, for sure, man. And uh, you have um, like your housemates. So I had, there were eight of us under the one roof. Not one of us was yep. English and it was awesome. And you know, you, there was a couple I knew from Spain and they're like, oh, we're going home this weekend for the La Tomatita Tomato Festival. Do you want to come? I'm like, hell yeah, that sounds awesome. So, you know, and then the f- two weeks later, oh, we're going to uh, the Isle of Man to watch the bike racing. You want to come? Fuck yeah. Just shit like that. And, you know, you meet people and like-minded people. And I think when you're lucky enough to come across someone who's like-minded like yourself and me and all the other adventurers out there, I find they've got the best stories to tell. So, you know, that's pretty cool, well, man. Well, well, it's those it, it's those kind of stories that you don't get by visiting the same town you're in brackets comfort zone if you never leave it then there's nothing yes. wrong with being comfortable that's fine but you know i i tip my hat to those I always, like like i always say you, you you've got one life might as well go and live it and live it to the fullest that's right and um if you had okay so if anyone you know obviously we're still mid-pandemic but if you if you could pass in any advice to anyone who is potentially looking to hitchhike which is a controversial thing but if you were if you could pass on any wisdom to those who were considering doing something similar what would you say i would say plan your route first that's the most important thing yep and never one thing i learned is never face the cars when you got your thumb out because they'll they'll never pick you up (laughs) so walk with traffic thumb out show off that show off your booty and uh yeah okay Righto, so there you have it. Ask to the traffic and uh, thumb out. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> heard it first. <laughs> and uh, the, the, I'm just thought the episode, the title of the episode will be a hitchhiker's guide to ask cracks or something like that. <laughs> that could be cool. So where else have you been in your, in your travels? Um, oh, geez. I've been everywhere. I've been... Been everywhere, um, man. I've been everywhere, man. <laughs> yeah. I've literally been everywhere. Um. Uh, probably probably the nicest place in Victoria. Not many people have heard. Well, it's on the border of Victoria and Sydney. It's a little, it's the smallest town and it's, oh, um, ah, 
fucking border of Victoria and Sydney. Um, Canberra and Sydney. Okay. Um, it's the smallest town. It's called Hiawatha. Not far from Crookwell. Crookwell, if my memory serves me right. Yes. I used to live down that way. I sort of lived in a place called Goulburn for a while. Uh, well, you know, well, you probably roughly know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, there was a cabin, and I asked this lady, and I'm like, "What's your best cabin you got?" I said, "I've got 300 bucks in hitchhiking, and I want to stay in your best cabin." Okay. And she goes, "Mate, the best cabin is probably a thousand bucks." But, but she goes, but because of the cool story you just gave me, I'll come and show you. And there was a cabin right behind the waterfall. Behind the waterfall? Yeah, it was the best thing ever. You taking your, uh, the special lady in your life up there to have a look? Um, yes, I did actually. I did take her up there about, oh, way before the pandemic started. Um, yeah, nice. Um, took her up there for our three-year anniversary. Mate, I'm just hearing in your voice, you're as smooth as my bald head, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to be smooth these days. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's, you know, in a time where, um, you know, dating is at your fingertips with dating apps and whatever, and I've had a thousand, thousand and one dating story failures and, you know, successes and, you know, all the while, it's just, um, yeah, it's readily available, especially in, in pandemic times where everyone's eager to sort of branch out and they can't always go out and meet them in person. So Zooming yeah. and online dating is all the craze. Would you, but personally, would you really trust dating sites these days? I've used them a bit. Um, you know, you, you do that. So, okay, this is my guide to uh, a, a Tinder meetup. Okay. So, you know. You want to chat first, this, you know, you can never truly know what someone's like unless you know them personally. So generally you, you start chatting and if there's a vibe, then you might have a, you know, a face, a, a phone call or a FaceTime. And then when you, when you actually physically chat, then, you know, if there's some sort of potential chemistry there and only then you pretend make up your mind to get right. Hey, let's meet somewhere mutual. Don't forget to sign in on the app. New South Wales. Thanks for keeping us out of trouble. And, um, I was attempted humor didn't land. Good job, Mitch. And, um, you so you meet somewhere mutual like a coffee shop socially distanced these days of course and then somewhere where it's like a public place halfway between is so you can both leave if you're uncomfortable or you know what i mean or if it's like in an evening a bar like a mutual pub or something and yeah just something catch i think is the best that's, way to go that's actually pretty good advice because if you're in between where you both live it feels a little bit more comfortable for the other person yeah and like in, in the past, I've had relationships where I was somewhat taken for granted, is in like I would travel more to, to go to her place. I would be there more than she'd come down here. Um, you know, the dynamic just seemed like it was less than 50-50 and more so maybe 70-30 on, you know, on her side as to how the dynamic shifted. But, you know, you learn things as you go along and this way it shows that, she's making the effort and then you know, I can make the effort and it goes from there. Then you, if they're, if it's a genuine connection, then, then you start dating and see what happens. Yeah. Well, we always say it's 50, 50. Yep. It, it can't be 60, 40 because it never works. This is true. Did I, how did you and your lucky lady meet? You don't mind me asking. We, we met at, believe it or not, we met at a Macca's drive-thru. Were you the server or the, uh, the receiver of the food. I was the receiver of the food. Okay. Tell me the story. You stud. So I, I went up to the Macca's, you know, the talking thing. And I said, uh, can I have um, such and such? I, th- oh, I think it was a big Mac. Nice. And 
I said to her, like, I thought her voice was cute. So I said, um, and I hope this is not too rude for your listeners, but I no, said, go for it, mate. Go um, for it. I'm, I'm like, there, there could be two Big Macs. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and she's like, and she's like, up to the next window, please. <laughs> not impressed by the sound and, of it. No, and she saw me and I'm like, look, I thought that might have been a good um, line. And she goes, yeah, whatever. And then she <laughs> got me food. <laughs> and she got me food and she got me drink and she passed me my drink. And she goes, um, have a look at the bottom of the, uh, she goes, I'm not meant to say it, but have a look at the bottom of your chips uh, chips box. Call me tonight. And I thought, oh, yeah, whatever. So I drove off and ate me chips. And I looked on the bottom of the chip box and there was nothing. And I'm like, no, oh, this, this girl was lying to me. And, but I ate the chips and on the bottom of the box was her phone number. Ooh. Not only did you get some potatoy goodness, you got the 10 digits that matter. Oh, good yes. sir. Well played. <laughs> and that's how we met. And that was three years ago. Three. How long ago was it? Sorry. Three years ago. There you go. <laughs> four years ago. Sorry. Four years ago. Yeah. Four, four years ago. Well, I would, I'm just trying to come up with a Macca's pun, but I can just definitely say you're a McLucky guy. Well done. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, I gave her, well, well yeah, because I used to tell her all these dirty jokes and, and that's how I really got her getting with me because I made her laugh, so. Well, I, um, the, okay, so humour is the is the way to, to find a nice lady. I'll work on my yeah. puns and we'll see how we can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I thought I'd start off subtle and then she didn't really laugh. She was like, she was just trying to think about it, like, uh, that's not funny. Yeah. And then, and the ruder I got, the funnier it was. So I thought, oh, there we go. Innuendos and shit like that worked for you? Yeah. Well, it worked for me, so I can't see why. Did you go with it? When you whip out an innuendo, she's like, you, and you say, in your window. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, funny you say that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We were were at a restaurant and it was our first date. Was it Hungry Jack's? No, it was actually. Sorry, um, sorry, mate. Um, it, it was. It was actually. Uh, oh, what was it? Um, La Fiquera. Oh, nice. And very nice. Yeah, and um, and it wasn't actually Aboriginal, but at the time it was because I'm part Aboriginal, so I was like, it's allowed. Um, oh, it's not a. It's not you know. It's not a PC show, man. Like as long as it's not derogatory or defaming anyone no, it's all good. Um, um and as the bloke walked away i said to him i said one bloke in cape york told me this joke and i'll say i'll see if you like it too and i said how do you make aboriginal pablo and, oh, goes, I, and i yeah and she goes i have no idea and i said step one beat the whites oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> i um if you could physically see me right now i'm tipping my hat to you well done <laughs> I was, and I kept it PG because I, because as me being Aboriginal, I'm, I'm not, I don't care if people are racist, but there is a line and you don't, and you don't cross That's it. right. That's but, why I, I got a, I got a people of multinational and ethnic backgrounds and, you know, you try to be as PC as possible, but you pick, you pick your crowns. You know, some individuals yeah. like yourself don't mind a joke and that's fine, provided it's, as you said, not over the limit, not over the top. Well, as you know, there's a certain there's a certain boundary that you don't cross. Like, That's right. I don't mind the Aboriginal jokes. I don't, and every other ethnic out there doesn't mind doesn't mind their jokes. But when you tell them 
like one after the other, it gets a little bit, you know, over the line and people say, Hey mate, back up a little bit. Yeah. Like, but if it's just one joke and you're having a laugh with your mates, it's fine. But as it's, there as is it's some, just picking your, picking your crowd, man, I think. Yeah. Like there are some people out there to take it too far, but you know, that's, they're the people you don't hang with because they just don't know the boundaries. I don't think none of us, none of us need that negative energy. I mean, like, um, I had an Aboriginal uh, friend who I used to work with at um, at my state government job, and um, he said something to me which made me laugh. He goes, I'm hearing all these Aboriginal jokes told and whatever. I said, oh, yeah. He goes, but you know, the true joke is the white people. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you're actually rainbows, and I'm going to explain why. Said, okay, right, far away. He said, you go green when you're sick, red when you're hot, blue when you're cold, you go black when you get the shit punched out of you, and all the while, and yeah, obviously you get sunburnt when you go red. And he said, uh, <laughs> and he said, so you tell me, like, I might be of darker skin complexion, but you're 50 shades of dickhead right here. Oh, I absolutely lost today. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I, like that. <laughs> I just, uh, I looked at him and said, well played, champion. Well played. <laughs> Shout outs to Harry. Harry. He um just a terrific bloke. He um he brought in some so he's um his grand on his grandmother's side, I believe he was of uh, a Wabakal descent. And um yep. he'd always like tell us these cool, cool stories of, you know, how th- how his grandmother like when I say cool, I mean like very eye opening, very like uh intriguing stories of you know, his grandmother's heritage and you know, hearing about his um you know, her parents and further back and it was really captivating. It's really sort of, and that was, it's, it, and it made me realize that I need to do some more research in terms of my own country's history, both, you know, Anglo-Saxon and indigenous as well. So, you know, I, I surrounded myself with more Aboriginal indigenous people as well. And it was, it was interesting to hear stories of like, Wiradjuri people, um, you know, Awabakul nations, um, dark and young. I think, am I saying that right? Dark and young, dark and yeah, yeah. Central, yeah. central coast sort of region um so yeah man like it was it was interesting and yeah i I really it's nice to hear the backstory of those of other walks of life well well it really makes you think doesn't it like yeah you know like as as you said like surround yourself with other ethnics and you get a lot of cool stories like i have a lot of friends well this is a topic that people don't like but i'm i've got a lot of friends that are gay yeah, I and, there's a there's an episode. Two of my very close friends are on an episode airing in a few weeks, and um, you know, that's it, absolutely no issue at all. Um, you know, we're lucky like, to have people in our lives that are, you know, it keeps it interesting. The more people we know, the more eclectic it is, the more diverse it is, the more fun it is. As it is, as it were, you know, places like Mardi Gras, you see, see them absolutely having a ball, man. Um, you know, it's what what a what a place to be. It's just Sydney lighting up, hectic. So tell me oh, more yeah. about tell me more about your friends. Well, one's one came out of the closet like uh, not even two years ago, and yeah. he and he's thirty six. And I said to him, I said it must have been hard, like you know, living that whole life and not coming out of the closet to like two years ago. But as he said, like in in today's society, he just didn't know how because people would backlash him for it. And that's a shame. That's a real darn shame. Uh, Andrew, one of the one of my friends, we half recorded his episode about f- three weeks ago, but I lost 40 minutes of footage. So he's coming back to record his. And he, in the first, he opened up, I asked him, so when did you know, like, you know, that you were into 
the same sex as yourself. And when did you know that? Because he was a straight guy. He dated women into his early 20s when he came out, I think he was, or maybe his late teens. And um, he's like, yeah, it was tough. And But the people who gave him the most grief were his own parents. His dad, he said his dad didn't speak to him for a long time, which is, you know, maybe it's a generational thing. I don't know. But, um, you know, that would be tough. That would be like being, well, I think he used the term similar to ostracized or, you know, not spoken to at all. It was a darn shame. And uh, I couldn't imagine it was easy for you, friend. No, it wasn't. He was, he always seemed depressed. And I was like, what's wrong? And he, but he wouldn't tell me. And I was like, um, I just asked him straight up. I said, are you gay? And he goes, how'd you know? And I'm like, you, you don't have to be a rocket scientist. But I said, I could tell it, but I have no, I have no issues with it. Nor should you. It's no, it's, it's no one's business yeah. really, except his. And he was quite happy that I found out. And you could just see the, like, you know how you could see the stress roll off the shoulders? Like, that sense of relief, that eyes closed, hand on the chest, breathing out, ah, sigh, like, you know, yeah. that, yeah, for sure. And he was just quite happy that someone actually knew he was gay, like, because he was hiding it for so long. Yeah. And now he's quite open about it now. He's told everyone that he's gay and he's oh, good on him. hasn't it's been nice, it's nice to It's nice to hear a story of someone, um, like, having a victory. Have you ever had a time in your life where you've been that secretive about something? Like, you, I don't know, like a girl you used to date or like a, an embarrassing thing that you've done? Oh, yeah, I've. Oh yeah, there is there is there is things that I've done that I I would never ever speak about. <laughs> well, maybe like if you times old mate's story by every day, the one thing just absolutely eating at his soul, and then it, you know I'm an I'm an absolute believer in we all find our way eventually. And me doing this, um, it's taken a long time. I'm now in my early thirties, and I've always had a knack for entertaining and making trying to make people laugh and. I love I love storytelling and um and his stories like that absolutely makes me smile. So good on you for having your role to play and helping your friend get to where you needed to be. It must have been a good feeling. Yeah, it was. It was it was kind of it was kind of nice to help someone like someone's helped me. Yeah, for sure. So in in a way it was like a payback. Yeah, karma, karma. I believe in karma. Not everyone does, and that's fine. But I believe, I believe- you know, do good. Good things yep. will happen. So let me ask you something. Like speaking about like, I've just spoken about two groups of, or I wouldn't, I might use the term minorities maybe, or two about two individual groups of people. Yeah. With your like, with your heritage, because I've never really had an in-depth conversation with anyone of Indigenous descent on the show. Yeah. Do you have you found that how how do people like, or has it given you any any grief, or has anyone ever? speaking to like spoken down to you or how have you found like in this day and age um people approach you is it just normal or people give you shit or it's you don't need to answer that if you don't want to oh no no it's actually it's a good question actually because um it it needs to be heard because not many people want to speak about it but far away there's it's 80 it's 80 percent that people still call us you know call us names and call us whatever that's mm. Sorry to hear that, bro. I really am. And like I was helping and I was helping and it's just in my nature to help people. And yep. I, I was helping this elderly lady across the road and um, she was telling me that her son was Aboriginal and all that. And then, 
yeah, it's just like these little kids were walking past and they were saying, oh, you, you know, you coon, you know, whatever and all that. And I'm like, mate, like, I, I thought I was going to say something, but I thought, what's the point, really? Like, it's not going to change much. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, that bigoted approach, that, you know, racist, bigoted, closed-minded, like, thing, it's, it's just, yeah, it's toxic, mate. It's absolutely toxic. It's, it's something that needs to be dealt with, but people don't know how to deal with it. That's the thing. You know, I, I have a friend, so he's, his name's Samba. Shout-outs to him, you handsome French bastard. He, um, he's interesting because he speaks, so he's, he's, a, he's a French, he's a French African descent. So he's essentially a black French guy and he speaks five dialects of his African tongue and which country's heritage from Africa escapes me at the moment. But he was, he, he, he and his family flew over when he was a kid. So he speaks five dialects of his African tongue plus fluid French, very good English. And I think. Uh, a little bit of Spanish and German. So he's quite an interesting guy. And on top of that, he practices the Muslim, the Muslim faith and I had a conversation with him. And he was saying that, you know, with the extremism going on and, you know, the minority of Muslims. So what, you know, he debunked is like, not all Muslims want to kill you and bomb you and whatever. He said that the biggest thing people assume, whereas if people just come up to us and ask, you know, if you want to know something, just ask. So I asked him questions like, okay, so, you know, you, you don't want to drink booze and eat certain foods. He goes, yeah, you know, we, we try to be pure. We try not to um, alter, you know, alter our bodies in any shape, way or form. So we're just always present and we're always like nice beings. And it was interesting. And um, he was always the life of the party, man, have a few orange juices. And he'd always, you know, we'd go out clubbing and he'd be the first one up on the dance floor. Just the absolute light like life of the party and and i think that relates back to this situation because if people just uh, would you be more than willing to say hey man like i'm curious about a few things can i ask you a few questions and so it broad someone's knowledge base on a few things that might not be people just make up their own assumptions yeah well i would be happy to to, if someone asked me a decent question i would give them a decent answer fair enough like you heard it here first like, like if you i'm not saying everyone does it but if you ask a stupid question you're going to get a stupid answer <laughs> now fair enough <laughs> and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna ask you political things like you know the whole australia day change thing because it's not what i'm all about you know everyone has an opinion awesome but just for for topic's sake um what advice would you give to those who are in that 80 percent and are rude and bigoted you know and if they want to know something what advice would you give to them? Like, what would you say to those people out there? Just, just don't be rude. Just, just if if you want to if you want to know something, ask. It's it's not hard. Like, yeah, we we might have different skin or we might have something different, but we're all human. That's exactly right. You have blood. You have eyes, hair, a nose, like the rest of us. Yep. Um, and like some of the best stories I've heard from people weren't Anglo-Saxon white Australians. Um, yeah. You know, the stereotype is the bogan, the the house, the upmarket Sydney white privileged fellow. I don't know. Don't know what it is. No. Fuck stereotypes. Like, like, In each individual well, has an awesome story to tell, I reckon. Well, you are on the money because I I would one hundred percent back myself by saying if you walked into a lower economy estate, like everyone there would be the nicest people to talk to. 
you know, it's that old uh, that old theory, that old that old fable. Um, I don't know if it was on Aesop's fables, and it was the story of the man who was born with everything, as opposed to the story of the man who was born with nothing. The story of the man who was born with nothing grew to power, fame, fortune, and he was still generous because he knew his humble beginning. The man who was born with everything, arrogant, greedy, expected the world, lost his fortune, and then went into an even deeper state of depression because he was incapable of asking for help because he had everything gifted to him. Now, I think, now I'm, I'm paraphrasing here and doing it, I don't even know if it's Aesop's fables, but those who come from nothing, those lower socioeconomic areas you're speaking of, I think you'll find it humility, humble, just better people, I reckon. They are. They, they, for the they most don't, part. Well, yeah, well, they don't expect something for nothing. That's right. And there's a, a video getting around on YouTube a little while ago of a homeless guy who was given 20 bucks. And the first thing he did was gather people around him and he went and bought food for everyone. He spent everything and portioned it out evenly to those around him. He could have just, he didn't do it. And like you hear like stuff like that restores my faith in humanity just a little bit. Oh, it does. Like I know in today's society, it's just getting worse and worse. But if we have 20% of people just, you know, be nice, be humble. It'd make this world a better place. Right. Absolutely agree with you there. So be humble. Is it the great Mark Bernard? He's a writer in the US. He writes on TV shows and hosts one of my favorite podcasts called Fat Man Beyond. So he's an African-American dude. And he released a T-shirt that says, be humble, but let motherfuckers know. So he's like, if you have a story to tell and if you're, if you're a badass, let them know where you come from. But just do it in a way that's not arrogant. So, oh, yeah, I'm a TV writer. I grew up in the Bronx, but I'm also a multimillionaire. You know, I think that's cool. Yeah. His rise to power is like, it's an interesting story. Like I, I've got people that are rich. Well, I've, I've got friends that are rich, and I've got friends who are low, like lower on the income um, table. But I would literally, and this is no offense to my other friends, but I would literally hang out with my friends who are in the lower income bracket. That's cool, and it's also in that word, word too. Rich doesn't necessarily just define wealth. Rich is rich in friends rich in family, rich in all that. So like, yeah. you know, just because you're not a millionaire doesn't mean you're still not rich. And I think, you know, it's, it's kind of like, have you seen that photo on Facebook that gets around? It's like, it's a, uh, it's Prince Harry pointing or giving the finger or something like that. And then there was a side shot taken and it was completely out of context. And the sub line was, it's all a matter of perspective. So at the front run, it looked like he was given the finger, but from the side or whatever it was. No, sorry. From the side, it looked like he was given the finger, but in front, he was holding his actual hand up and all you could see was his big finger from the front. Yep. From the, so like, if I can find that image, I'll post it, but it's all a matter of perspective. I saw that. And it's, as you said, it's like a matter of perspective, but it's how you take it too. That's right. Like, but as you know, and everyone else knows, you could say something to a friend, but to someone else that might be offensive so you got to pick your battles unfortunately you have to pick yeah so like, i've got mates like brooksy who we absolutely hang shit on each other all the time and that's cool he calls me whatever names and i'll call him whatever names and that's cool whereas if you go to friend two who like i'm i'm bald right i i accept it i rip myself off all the time about it and like i have people in my life who just absolutely are on the way towards it and just refuse to give up. So, you know, which is fine. We're all, we're all different. And if I went to friend number two and tried to put shit on him, 
straight away it's get fucked. I want nothing to do with you. Like, so yeah, you, you don't want to hone in on someone's insecurities. Yeah, well, look, I've got friends that I absolutely put shit on 24-7 and they give it back just as bad. Yeah. And they're the kind of friends you want, though, because if you can give a joke, you can take a joke. It makes it funner. My man. It does. And Brooksy and I, you know, we've been friends now for almost 20 years. And um, I think one of the reasons that a friendship can last so long is rel- relatability. You know, you remember where you both come from and we first become friends by wrestling in his backyard on a trampoline. He absolutely flogged me, but like we're able to have a laugh. Oh, he, he absolutely slammed me and um, you share a laugh um, and you keep it consistent. I think you might say the same for a relationship, you know, if it's funny, if it's banter, if it's compromise, if it's all that stuff, then all the relationships in place. And it's all about number one, it's all about respect, in my opinion. All this is in my opinion only. I'm not a, I'm not an educated guy. I'm just simply a dude who just tries to see the best in people. That's all. Well, I give respect where respect is earned. And I've been taught that from grandfathers, from every elder that I know. That's if cool. You, if you give respect, respect is earned. But if someone shows you disrespect, you turn your back. I think it's easier to, with those people that are, you know, see you next Tuesdays. I think it's easier to like, you can either be an arsehole and treat them like garbage or you could just say, you know what, and no time for you and do the turn the back. I, I agree with you there, to be honest. Some more, very wise people. But, well, I, if you, I don't know if, how far you indulge in, in, into the Indigenous um, history, but when elders get together, it's like a, it's like a big meeting around a, around a bonfire. No, keep and, going, keep telling us more. I'm, I'm and, we all, and we all get together and we shared we share stories of the land we share stories of past elders or we talk about things that are happening within our ethnics like now like we talk about it and we deal with it in our own little elders and if you get if you get invited into a circle into an elder you must be you must be accepted by the well, we we call him the grandmother because he's the eldest of the group and you have to be, what's that word, annulled or by him to actually sit in the circle and listen and listen to the stories. But you can't speak, but you can listen. It's kind of like, that sounds very similar to, have you ever seen that movie Avatar or with um, James Cameron's Avatar? Uh, no, I haven't. No. So it sounds very similar. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but so essentially mankind goes to a different planet and they come across a species of indigenous blue cat monkey looking people. Um, And what they're able to do is an avatar is they're able to like through science, it's a science fiction movie, take the consciousness or take Sam, uh, was it Sam Worthington's character and put him in the body of an unofficially created blue cat monkey. Uh, They're called the Navi, I think. And they, he wants to become one of the village, but they recognize him as an outsider. So, um, you know, they take him back to the priestess, which is like similar to the grandmother role you just spoke about. And in time, he's invited to join their ranks, but he has to earn that by living amongst them. He has to earn that by showing respect to their customs, learning their ways. Is that similar? Is that a similar sort of thing you're sort of speaking about? That's that's very similar. Like you have to, like you start by like, if, 
if you get invited, you start by sitting there and listening and not making a word. Like, don't make a peep. Yep. Because in their eyes, you aren't Aboriginal. That's just how they see it, like the elders. That's their that's their ways. And then more, you know, that's yeah. the way it is. That's the way it is. It's their home. Like, I've had a few friends um, come and experience the meetings and that, and they've been very respectful. They've just not said a word. They've listened and they thought it was really um, wisdom. Like they they got some wisdom out of it. Like, That'd be unreal to be able to witness something as awesome as that. It's really good. Like my friends didn't know, like they thought it was only on movies, like you know how they dance around the fire. and Yeah. They thought it was on movies, but no. Like, movies are inspired. Play, movies are generally inspired by true events. Yeah. Like we play the didgeridoo. We play the, we play the Nax, We play the tambourine. We play all. That's it. That sounds awesome. It is. And some traditional indigenous tucker as well. Yeah, we have the damper, we have the witchetty grubs, we have the kangaroo. Yeah, that oh that'd be unreal. I've eaten I've, I've run, Harry um invited me around to his house. So uh, my old well, he's still my friend, but I used to work with him. He uh, invited me around, we had a goenna and uh Oh yes, yeah. I tell you what, man, quite yummy. I enjoyed it. It's it's good. He's like, You're gonna love this man, old family recipe. And we're hooking in. Oh yeah. It's, it's different. What is it? He's like, mate, you just eat and go in a. He expected me to spit it out. I said, I've. <laughs> and he, he's, he's, uh, was it his auntie or he's, he's like, she's, she, do you want some seconds? I said, oh, yes, yes, I do. And he's, he's cracked up. He goes, oh, you fat bastard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you know what, man? If I could absolutely sample more chuckle like that, oh, sign me up all day, every day. Yeah, well, like the meal, like literally yesterday, I had um, lamb's fry and we had um, kangaroo and we had turtle. Turtle? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. How does turtle go? Turtle tastes like chicken. <laughs> Do you have to slow cook it? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. <laughs> so, so, I'll, so with a turtle, like, Aboriginals are the only one who are who are allowed to kill endangered animals. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So um, one of the elders go uh, goes out and gets whatever he finds, like whatever he wants to hunt for, and brings it back, and we have meals with it. And literally last night we had turtle, and what you do is you don't gut it and you don't do anything. You just put the whole thing on the fire, and the shell acts like a pressure cooker. Kind of like boiling an oyster. Yeah, preparing an oyster. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And you and you know when turtle's ready when the shell comes brittle. Kind of like what? Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool, man. I'm. Uh, I know it's a very easy in a different sort of comparison, but I'm thinking about like when you poach an egg in, in the microwave. You know when it comes good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're spot on. Like, like they're the kind of answers I like. I don't, I don't Mate, I'm. A, like. I'm simple. I am. Not what you would call a smart man, but when it comes to food, I can make a metaphor or compare it to anything. So, <laughs> well, see, like this is this is the kind of you know I I don't know if you'd agree, but this is the kind of people that we need in this world. I reckon people bridging the gap like we're doing now. Yeah, and people people like yourself that want to get out there and learn about all the ethnics, like all the history, like and not judge someone by their color or judge someone by how they speak we need we need more people like you that you know go out there and actually sit there and listen and learn and 
talk back and listen and just, you know, involve yourself. I appreciate that. That's tremendously kind of you, sir. I really do appreciate that. That's that's one of the nicest things of that's been said to me for a long time. So I, I appreciate that. And like yourself, someone who's honest, kind, willing to open up and chosen showing some incredible like courage just to come on to a, a medium and speak to a random dickhead, you know, good times. <laughs> well, look, we've we've spoken to a lot of random, you know, dickheads in the past. But... <laughs> yes, we have. Yes, we have. But um they're the they're the kind of memories that makes us who we are today. Right. Yeah. I remember I, I cannot do you mind if I uh, quickly tell a, a, a story that I was locked away in the memory banks till just now. So when I was uh, when I was oh, thank you, sir. When I was um uh in Liverpool, I went up to Glasgow for a time and yeah. worked in a you know, a small pub just on Mitchell Street. So like the best name, shout outs. And um and it was just just I was just about to knock off and this guy comes in and I, he goes, Can I grab a beer? I said, Yeah, no worries. The accent sounded familiar. I said, mate, you wouldn't happen to be Australian, would you? He looks at me and goes, mate, you're the first Aussie I've seen for a long time. How the heck are you? I said, good. I said, obviously, you haven't been to London or Edinburgh. There's Aussies everywhere. He's like, well, no. Turns out he was doing a, he was a, a representing one of the whiskey companies in Australia doing a, a tour of the Highland country and just going from distillery to distillery, learning the craft, you know, learning the way, the different way they, because in Scotland, single malt whiskey is, you know, it's quite famous for some of the world's best single malts and distillery, distillery. And it was in between going um, between, well, I don't know, I guess distillers you'd say, I'm not going to say distillery anymore. It's too much, but um, <laughs> another bad joke there. Sorry, bro. I'll just steal that joke for a bit. <laughs> and, so he comes in, he starts chatting to him and turns out he was from uh, the Hunter Valley and I was at, living in, oh, I'm from Nui, which is very close. And um, I said, holy shit, where are you from? And he said, oh, I'm from, um, I'm from Cessna. Turns out he was from 25 minutes from where I grew up. And um, I said, mate, if you've been sampling all the whiskeys, what are you doing here at a pub? He said, mate, just wanted a fucking beer. I'm sick of that garbage. <laughs> <laughs> And him and I become him and I become friends. I I said, look, mate, I knocked off. I haven't sort of spoken to an Aussie for a while. Do you mind if I knock back a few cold skewies with you? Or over there, they're pints. And he said, man, that'd be great. So we're chatting. Turns out we um, went to school with us. Like we knew people that went to school together and all that stuff. And um, yeah, it was weird. It was like it is a truly is a small world. Um, so yeah, and then the interesting story about the whiskey and stuff. And now he's, he's a, he's distilling down in Melbourne, I believe for a company down there. So, you know, oh, there you go. Yeah. so yeah, just talking about, I don't know. I don't know what tangent I went on there, but it made you laugh. So it counts. It did. It was, see, they're the, see, they're the kind of stories I'd never hear about because I personally, like, this is just, this, this is just me, but I personally don't, don't want to go overseas. Oh, that's fair enough. Because there's so much to see in Australia. There is. I, I've i done, what have I done now? I've been to every state except WA and South Australia, but I've done, fuck all. I've done a fair bit of Tassie. Love Tassie. Yeah. Um, I've done a lot of the East Coast of New South Wales, and the furthest west I've been is probably Orange or Dubbo. I was born in Dubbo. Yeah. Um, but going further west, it's it was been one of those towns, Orange, Dubbo, oh, Bathurst, like that's as far in as I've gone. So I'd like to... 
I flew to, flew to Northern Territory, been to Darwin. I wanted to go up and spend more time there, but at the time it didn't permit. So, yeah, still so much I want to see. Oh, there's so much to see in Australia. Like, there's so much history, so much to do. And the first, like, I know the first thing what people do is they get money and they go, oh, I want to go to, say, USA or Japan or something like that. And it's like, why don't you spend that money in Australia and just, you know, travel Australia. There's so much to see. Like, Oh, we're all different, like the- man. So, you know, there's that old things. Like, you know, we're all allowed to have a different perspective and that's cool. Some like me like to go abroad, some like to stay home. And I see what you, I, see, I hear where you're coming from though, but um, it's like that old thing. See, I live, I'm lucky enough to live in a place in the world where there's gorgeous beaches. I'm a stone's throw away from some of the nicest wineries. There's heaps to do here yet. You take your local backyard for granted. Um, yes, I haven't do. done. I haven't done a heap of things that I could do around here. I'm always like, oh, maybe I can get up the coast and see my friend in Port Macquarie this weekend, or as opposed to like, there's a cool segue tour I've been checking out through the Hunter Valley here that I think would be good fun, or ballooning or something. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if you're the same, but yeah. There's well, you're spot on the money because there's like as. As you said, everyone's got a different different perspective. Everyone's got different dreams. Everyone's got different ways of life. But me personally, I would like to, like, I've been around Australia and I'd probably do it again, pop back, but I wouldn't hitchhike this time. <laughs> I'd probably I'd probably drive a car this time. And, he got hitchhiker's guide to Australia. Yes. And I personally, I want to take my missus and my kid around Australia because there's so much to see and not many people get the privilege to actually go up and touch Ayers Rock. Like, well, you can't now. You can't, you, or you can still, I don't know if you can still touch it or it's completely closed off, but as of, I think it was October in 2019, you cannot climb it now um, as you were no, once you, able to. No, you cannot climb it, but if you get permission from the elders, you can touch it. I'd like to do that someday. I'd like to go. I, I didn't get down to Alice Springs, Uluru, Um when I was in the Northern Territory, I'd like to one day. It'd be, it'd be, you can do like a have dinner at night and in the backdrop, you've got this gorgeous view of Uluru. And um, I think that'd be unreal. Having dinner in front of Ezrock, that'd be sick. Oh, it is. It's, there's actually, there's, uh, have you heard of the um, Bungle Bungles? Uh, no. It's in Darwin. It's, 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 part, it's part of the Kimberley region. Tell me more, sir. So in the Bungle Bungles, it, there's a starlight mill that happens. It doesn't happen in the wet season, of course, but you have to get up there at the right time of year. Yep. And you, and you have tea inside the Bungle Bungle. I'm going to have to do You realise now you're going to you made me do some research after this. Yes, it is very good. Like I would say everyone go on and try it because it's an experience that will last a lifetime. It's so good that's what that's the stories i want to hear that's why i do this shit to hear about little hidden gems like that it's stuff and you can go on boat tours that you know that 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 travel down through the kimberley down through the bungle bungles and it's like you don't get to see this kind of stuff anywhere else in the world like nowhere nowhere else in the whole entire world has got the same history the same just the same ambience as Australia. Like, that's that's true. That's true. And you can also say similar for like, you go to the Blue Mountains, see the Three Sisters. You drive down the coast of Victoria, see the the Twelve Apostles. 
you know, you go to Tasmania, I went to Freysonay and um, Freysonay and there's a, there's a, there's a, the formation in the rocks that the same as the, from the East coast all the way out to almost up to the New South Wales, Victoria border. There's a, like a bronze coloration in the rocks um, along the beachheads and it looks absolutely stunning. Tasmania, I can't, is it Bay of Fires it's called where, where that's a very famous tourist spot and it, the beach rock formations is just this reddish bronzy sort of oxidized thing. And it is, it's, Oh, it's gorgeous, mate. If you get a chance, if you haven't been there straight down to Tassie and um, Bay of Fires, I'll tell you what, it's one of my favorite spots I've been to in this country. Right. I think that's on me. That's on my to-do list. I think. Oh, also the Champagne Bay. So there's a, you know, everyone knows Tasmania is full of national parks and it's known for hikes and walks and, but there's a lot of like day trips you can do. And this one, so this one tour I took in 2019, um, it was a walking intrepid tour. So you get to the place, you do like a 12, 15 K walk, eat some of the nice food, meet some of the people. Tassie's a glorious, like a stunning place. And um, Champagne Bay, it's a national park. And you're looking at on the, pardon me, looking out at the ocean. And this, uh, the bay itself has a little river feeding into it. And the, the beach is like a crescent shape. And if you go up to the top and look down, it looks like a champagne glass and just this natural formation. And the water is like that sandy blue before on the beachhead before it goes, Oh mate, it's, Oh, I love Tassie. I could move to Tassie. Absolutely. So now people may call me um, stupid, but that's one place I've never been is Tasmania. Why would they call you stupid for not going there? I've had a lot of people, <laughs> believe it or not, they say, yeah, Aboriginal, but you've never been to um, Tasmania. I'm like, never been. And they, and they go, are you stupid? I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I've just never been. I've never had to, like. I could tell, uh, you, well, I could tell you two great comebacks to hit them with straight away. Oh, yeah. I've, I've, I've said a few of them. <laughs> you could say, haven't been there yet or. And then you're like, oh, I must be stupid if I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> Put yes, it in this uh, garbage. Uh, um, yeah, I've, I haven't had the urge to go there until now. Until you told me about Champagne Bay and the Bay of Fire. Um, I'm certainly going to go there now and experience the rest of, like, the rest of Australia. Like, like people always say, well, you haven't travelled all of Australia. I'm like... Well, this is true because Tasmania is part of Australia. Australia's a big place. Like, and, uh, yeah. and I'm like, and you're only I'm in your thirties. Give it time. You're only in your thirties. Yeah, I'm only what? Oh, I'm only thirty-four. But like, so, it also, how shit would it be? Be like, oh, I've been everywhere. Like, I've been to that place. It was okay, and it doesn't leave any excitement for the future. No, it doesn't. Like, my partner, like, she hasn't. She's never been outside of Victoria. Well, hopefully in the near future, when this dumpster fire of a pandemic pisses off, then you might be able to. That'd be great. I am hitting, I am hitting the road and because I'm actually doing a bus up at the moment. And are you going to um, yeah. you going to like uh, motorhome it for a while? Yeah. Nice. Well, if you're ever up this way, swing in for a cold skewy and a and a feed, mate, and uh, 
would be awesome to uh, to actually meet face to face, and you'd be able to meet some of the brothers too. I would imagine on the Brothers Unite page. Oh, I will. Oh, that's 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 my plan. Actually, I want to meet a few people off the Brothers Unite because yeah, there are a whole bunch of good fellows. Well, Brooksy's twenty minutes from here. If he knew you were coming up, he'd jump at the chance to meet you. He speaks very highly of you. Well, I will. I've told him that I do want to meet him one day and have have a beer with him and share a few war stories and. <laughs> He uh, oh, he's int- interesting guy, Brooksy. He um, you know, he's funny as he's always posting these videos, and I sent him a message saying, "You dickhead!" He just writes back. <laughs> so what? You're well, friends with it? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I'm I'm currently doing. I I bought a bus, and it was an old school bus. Yep. And I'm currently doing it up as a motorhome, and. Eventually, I'm nearly halfway through it, and I just want to do it up from the sun and my missus. And then once we travel Australia, I eventually want to give it to my son so he can go explore with his mates or with his partner if he ever has one or whatever. Maybe the next generation will, instead of being a hitchhiker, Pick up hitchhikers. <laughs> well, let's hope he doesn't t- turn into turn into Ivan Milat. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I got a I got a story about Ivan Milat. If you're willing to hear it, oh yeah, go for it. I don't. So I used to work for the governing body of roads in the in New South Wales, and Ivan Milat was an, an employee in a Sydney slab crew, and. You know, obviously there's a big age gap between him and I. And some of the yeah. guys I've worked with were on his slab crew. And uh, they told me stories about how he just, one, he was as strong as an ox, like carrying pieces of concrete by hand and throwing them in the truck as they ripped the thing out. And um, just the weird vibe they used to get from him. Uh, a long time ago, they told me this, but apparently he was always an odd one, strong as, and the strong, the literal song, strong silent type. So I mean I heard I heard that and I was just like that's eerie as, um, like that just makes you think, doesn't it? Like yeah, if everyone everyone got that really weird vibe off him and he was that strong, you could just imagine what yeah, what absolutely. others went through. Well, yeah. I I I don't envy the people who used to work with him, and um, you know, very sorry to what happened to the people he in the in the state forest there. So you know. Yeah, well, I I actually visited there and. Put a lot of flowers down. Pay respects. Yep, because it was a it was one of the worst things that happened in Australia. But we're just we're just thankful that and we're just thankful that we got police and detectives because they're the kind of people that you know find these kind of people and put them away. Like shout out to the boys in blue, boys and girls in blue. Thank you for keeping us all safe. Um, sorry, my phone was just buzzing at me. I just had to put it down. Um, no, but- Sorry about that. But yeah, man. So, you know, that comes full circle and hopefully your son's as lucky to have as many ventures as you have had. Also, I hope you get many a chance to have and your wife too have many adventures together. And it sounds like he's just starting to scratch the surface. So Yeah, well, it's 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 going to be well, it's going to be fun for me as well, because like my partner said, Oh, you you like you've already seen it. So but I'm like, yeah. But I haven't seen it with you or, or our son. 
So it's going to be exciting for me too. And you get to pass on that wisdom you got from, you know, meeting people like, was it Shana? Sorry, what was that her name? Sandra. Sandra. What, what, what did I say Shana for? Wow. Oh, it's, been, it's been a long day, man. <laughs> I come off night shift. I come off night shift two days ago and I had to do a training day today with, uh, I'm in the Mines Rescue team and just um, my brain firing all cylinders today, which is about two of them. So it's been a long day. That's right. So, um, you know, one, I wanted to, I might wrap it up there shortly, but I just wanted to, to thank you for coming on, Jamie. Um, firstly, showing some bravery speaking because we actually didn't have a script. We just sort of, I just said before we started recording, I'm like, well, let's just free roll it and see what happens. And we've come up with so much content. I think it's an interesting conversation. And, I we, think, uh, uh, and um, you know, we, we cover topics like obviously traveling, some sites in Australia, some insight into, you know, what is effectively the indigenous world in Australia. And, uh, you know, sharing some stories about some customs that, you and your people have? Is that derogatory to say you and your people or is that the correct term? That's the, that, that is the correct term. Okay, cool. I, was, I didn't want to say the wrong thing. Um, so. No, no, no. And um, no, well, you've, you've shown, all I can say is you've shown a lot of respect and I can't say that about many people. So That's a shame. But I think all of us would, would say thank you for the respect and thank you for the conversation that we've had. Thank you, sir. It's... um. I'm actually, it's getting, I'm getting a lot out of this. So I'm, this is episode 11 and um, I am starting to get more confident with talking to people. So you're the second person who's opt on that I haven't had anything to do with in the past, bar a few messages and I'm enjoying it, man. Like I, I, I'm getting much out of it. I'm learning as I go. So I appreciate the effort and time you spent here with, with me today. And, um, and I hope, you know, maybe there's someone out there who gets something out of the story and, might have the courage to go, you know what? I've got a story to share too. So if you want to, yeah. you know, all the, the the link, the details will be in the bio underneath. But as of today, kind sir, I might leave it there. And thanks for coming on Life's and Actually, no, not yet I won't because we missed we missed the most important part. Oh, what's that? So each episode, I get people who have a whinge about something, effectively known as having a, win- having a bitchy with Mitchy. So would you like to uh, have a quick little... Bitchy with Mitchy about something that absolutely grinds your gears? Oh, um, I mean, anything. Good old whinge. Good old whinge. Um, oh, yeah. Well, I am sick to death about people who can't drive. <laughs> this is a recurring theme. <laughs> Every week I, we touch I, on this. This is great. Oh, it, it, <laughs> it does my fucking head in. It really does. Like, <laughs> oh, like, that's hilarious. Like, like, come on. Like, if you if you can't turn left at a corner, just hand your license in. Like, come on. <laughs> like, well, uh, I I I I was behind this car and it was trying to reverse park, and I'm not shitting you. I, I was sitting I was sitting behind it for a good twenty five minutes. I would have lost patience and pissed off. Oh, I just wind down my window and I said, "If you can't drive, hand your fucking license in." <laughs> It absolutely infuriates me very much. So um, I can relate to that to Coincer. I, I had it myself. Um, you know, over the weeks, actually, just about every week, someone's given a different example. So Tomo, the other bloke from the page, he's a truckie. He was saying that, you know, people that stop right in front of me, he's like, I can't stop in a five cent piece. 
and like uh, even Brooksy as well. It's just like people that sit in the right hand lane, sit under the speed limit, and make it so you can't overtake them. They piss me off. Which, <laughs> in fairness, it's fucking it's 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 frustrating. So yeah, and you now I I've spoken about like um when you're at a roundabout, I've I've got a truck license too, and when you in a two sometimes you might might need to take out more than a lane to get around it, and people that just undercut you and think it's okay to that those things on the back seat do not overtake turning vehicles. Just ignore it. Yes. So, well, look, I just want to touch on that subject just for two seconds. Far away. I've got my truck license and I drive I drive a B double. Yeah, okay. Yep. Let's hear it, sir. Right. And that's going full circle. That's sorry, been... sorry, I'll interrupt there for a sec. Sorry. I just I have to say this before it's all that's come full circle. You've gone from hitchhiking the roads to I'm assuming you spent many hours in a truck to now doing one for a living. That right there yeah. is the best <laughs> thing of all. Sorry to cut you yeah. off. No, I, I I actually never thought of it that way. <laughs> <laughs> that has literally come full circle. Um, as many truck drivers out there would know, like you have to take up two lanes when you're turning left or right in a B double. Especially, yeah. What are they? What are they about? Like, um. You are you a B double that's carrying like sand, or you're a B double that's like a one, like one sort of. I carry like uh, I carry pallets, um, um, soil, you know, all just all those kind of things. Like like so, like so sometimes like, like a truck and dog or something like that. Yeah, like yeah. like and look, sometimes I'm eighty ton. Like come on, and people that turn right, and then I'm taking up two lanes because I've got to turn right. And then people come in the inside of you. Yeah, I yeah that I can relate to that. I know. Yeah. And, and I can't turn, so I've got to wait for the next green light. Yep, you'll never stop people's selfishness, unfortunately, mate. It's uh, if, yeah, I'm here. I'm I'm with you, mate. Hundred and ten percent. If you're in a car uh, I, or in a truck, just empathise with him for a bit, yeah, or her, like em, for him or her. Just let them do their thing. As just as just just as my boss said. Like you're driving eighty ton, they're driving two ton. Who's going to win? That's right. Right. It's not um. It's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of fighting the dog. <laughs> exactly. The truck and dog. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you for the chat, kind sir. Thank you, kind. Thank you for yourself. So yeah, I appreciate your your time, and I might actually I might have a quick bitchy. So this is unscripted. So I'm very tired. So I apologise to everyone. I want to hear your bitchy. I hate it. <laughs> Now, this is the first world problem. I hate it when you go to your local takeaway and you've got on your brain all day, I want a fucking cheeseburger. I want a cheeseburger or I want a chicken burger they make. You get there, sorry, we're out of patties. And all you want to do <laughs> is just throw that one table and chairs in there through the fucking window <laughs> and let loose and like, oh, and then, okay, 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 fine. Can I have a, I don't know, a Pluto pipe and some fish cakes or something? Oh, I said, don't you say it. She goes, oh, we've only got one Pluto pup left. Is that okay? Oh, yes, it's fine. But we've got no fish cakes. <laughs> Trigger switched. Yeah, just put some chips in there. I'm going home. Well, fuck. That's a very first of all problem right there. But I am with you on that all the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. I went, yeah, I went to, um, there's a local like seafood shop here and he does, um, some absolutely great like fish sticks and I've got some calamari rings and fish sticks. I rang up, said, yeah, mate, got some fish sticks, calamari rings and some chippies and whatever. Get there. He, he, he served it up and there was 
there was no fish sticks. I'm like, but mate, you said they were here. He's like, oh, we had none. He goes, I oh, know, I didn't want to break your heart. I'm like, I would rather brace myself to just utter disappointment, but you put it on me like this. It's like a bad breakup, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he looks at me, he looks at my bald head, looks at my gut and goes, mate, I know you're good for business, but how good is it for your business? So fuck off, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> I said, the pandemic hasn't been nice to me, okay? He goes, uh, you know what, mate? If those if those fish sticks were in your hand, they'd be crying you a river right now. Get the fuck out of my shop. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's the moral of my story is that uh, if you're going to be a fat bastard, ring ahead. <laughs> well, there you go. There you, and you, you heard it first. <laughs> <laughs> I mate, I have had a good laugh with you today. It's been awesome. Um, and uh, if you take anything out of today, please know that um, yeah, your local fish shop should have your back. <laughs> uh, yeah, and if you and if you want to hitchhike, don't don't face the cars. <laughs> yes, show your ass with pants on, <laughs> thumb out, and um, yeah, no, that's it. So that's episode eleven. I. Hitchhiker's Guide to Indigenous Australia. What do you think about that for a title? I reckon that sounds perfect. And uh, hashtag fuck fish shops. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, no, that's uh, that's episode 11. So I appreciate your time. Good, sir. And I'll catch you All later. Right.